So this week we get to talk about another fun topic. And I'm obviously being a little sarcastic because last week we talked about submitting to authority and that is oftentimes not fun at all. And we're going to talk about another type of authority in our lives. But before we do, I just kind of want to recap last week a little bit. We were talking about how God has commanded us to submit to the authorities that he has ordained in our lives, that he's the one who's put them in place. And so it's important for us to keep that in mind. I mentioned last week about, you know, how there's no biblical uh, command saying that I should not wear a mask, but there is a biblical command for me to obey the authorities. I want to make sure that I clarify something um, because in the United States, we have a form of government that is is unique. It's got a lot of layers, a lot of checks and balances to keep corrupt people from from ruling. And we absolutely have a right to use, to exercise our rights, to exercise our liberties, and to use our voice to help make change in the in the country. We can operate within within the confines of the law. We also have to recognize that because of the way our government is set up, that the federal government does not have the power that a lot of people think they do. Even the state doesn't necessarily have as much power as you think they do. It gets down to the to the local level. So make sure you understand how the law works. There are, I mean, we could do a podcast on the Constitution and how that works. I am not the guy for that because that is not my area of expertise. But there are plenty of other people out there who do those things. So I think being well-informed as Christians is very useful. And you think, well, I don't know about that. I don't really want to get involved in that or it, or using the walls just sounds like it's complicated. But what I want you to understand is that Paul did it. If you read through the book of Acts, it was more than one occasion that Paul used his Roman citizenship to help himself out of difficult situations. Because there is law. So we need to operate within those laws. And there is nothing wrong as Christians. There is nothing wrong with using the law to our advantage as long as we are doing it in an attitude of humility and respect. Because if you remember, you know, when Samuel was looking for the new king and he got to David, he went through all the David's brothers and was unclear of why God didn't choose all these strong uh, leader type men, but he got to the smallest, the runt of the litter, and that's who God chose. God reminded him that while man looks on the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. God is always about our heart. He always wants our heart. So it's it's about humility and respect. I wanted to make sure I clarified some of that because it is a difficult topic. It's a difficult times that we live in now. And there is a great example, and we're going to get to it a little bit, of how we can be submissive. But there's another question that we have to ask, and that's where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? Well, we always draw the line where there's biblical truth. If the Bible says it, we believe it, and we hold to it, and we do not compromise what is true in the Bible. We can't. We just can't afford to. Listen, the world cannot afford for us to compromise truth because we are supposed to be a light and the salt to the earth. And if we as Christians are willing to compromise truth, then what is there? We have to be able to hold firm to that truth. It's not out of hatred. It's out of love.
for the world, for society, for those around us. And there's a beautiful example of that. And we're going to get to that here in a little bit. But first, let's dive into the passage for today. It's another one that is, um, at times, it can be challenging for me. I've learned that that attitude of rebellion, that heart of rebellion, it's just something that's ingrained in us. And so when we have somebody in a position of authority over us telling us something that we don't like, we tend to want to rebel against it. Um, and, and I'm no different than anybody else when it comes to that. But today's passage is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. It says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. Let's stop right there for just a second. When he says servants here, it, it, it's the word for bond servant. So it would have basically been like a slave. They, they, they didn't have a choice. So I want to make sure we understand the context of this, the the cultural context. Um, in this time, there would have been Christian people who owned slaves, who owned bond servants, and then there would have been Christian bond servants serving them. So you have this kind of weird uh, dynamic that we haven't seen in the United States in a long time. And so it may be a little foreign to us. And so while... It, the, the context, the cultural context of this passage is different than what we are in today. The most, the most direct related thing would be your job, where you work. Most of us, not everybody, but most of us work for somebody. We have to report to somebody, a company, a supervisor, a manager, whatever the case may be. Even if you're in a company and you're the manager, you usually still have to report to somebody. But and so while the context is slightly different, the principles are the same. We are to have respect. It says, with all respect, be subject to your masters with all respect. And not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. So I'm sure that a lot of you, if you've worked in any environment, that doesn't even have to be a secular environment. You can work in a Christian environment. You can't see me, but I'm putting air quotes up. Um, where you work for a ministry or or a nonprofit, whatever the case may be, it doesn't have to just be a normal sec secular job. It's possible to have a boss who is unjust or they're unfair. We like to use that word. This is just not fair. Um, and the Bible says that we still have to operate with respect. Now we have a, a we have an option in the United States that the context of this passage they would not have had. The servants in this passage would not have had this option. And that is that we can leave. If we have a job where we have a boss and or a circumstance where we just don't like it, we have the choice to leave. Now, that choice may mean that we don't have work and we don't have, which means we don't have money to buy food and clothes and, and a house and, and so on and so forth. And so our choices have consequences. Let's not forget that every choice we make has consequences, whether for good or for bad, but we do have a choice. But while you're in your job, even if you hate your job, even if you despise what you do, whether it's that it's the actual tasks that you have to complete, I've been there, or whether it's because you have a boss who is a jerk, who is, well, let's just face it, they're human. And their humanity is showing <laughs> greatly 
right? They, they're unfair. They treat you poorly. Um, maybe they talk down to you. They're or they're just bad at what they do. And no matter what you're dealing with, we are to treat them with respect. Now, I have zero problem with while you're doing that to also get on uh, any of your local job search sites online and find a new job if you're in a position where it doesn't work for you. Because we have that choice and there's nothing wrong with exercising that freedom. I'm all for those freedoms. But while you're in the job, you have to treat your bosses with respect. It says in verse 19, for this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, keep that in mind, when you're mindful of God, God should always be on our mind, even when we're working. It says, when you're mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Okay, so sometimes we suffer unjustly. But before we get to that, I just want to preface this. All of us, if we're going through struggles at work, maybe maybe your boss or something is coming down hard on you on something, we need to self-evaluate because it's, it's very important that we recognize whether we are suffering unjustly or if we're suffering because we did something wrong. If you're getting reprimanded for not getting your work done on time because you slacked off and you spent more time joking around with your co coworkers or or you were just lazy that day and slow, you absolutely deserve that. Right. So that, that's fair. OK, well, let's make sure we understand where we're at with some of that stuff. But but it's often, especially with Christians, it's often that we suffer. We can when we do our jobs well, we can still suffer unjustly in the workplace. I remember one job I had, and this wasn't my boss so much. I mean, I actually had pretty decent bosses, but I remember in the workplace coming in, um, it was a job that I didn't care for. Um, didn't work. The people I worked with, I didn't have, uh, I was respectful and kind to them and I would laugh and joke with them while we were working. They weren't the type of people I was going to be real close friends with. Uh, my bosses were good. They were good, solid guys. Nothing, nothing wrong there. The job itself was very mundane, very boring. Um, I, I didn't care for it. But one of the things that would happen is I worked on second shift. And when we would come in, there was a certain order in which you'd had to run things. You had to run them by what the oldest date was. And I'd come in to run a certain machine and I'd look at the work and I would realize that the shift before me cherry picked all the work, took all the easy stuff, which would make their numbers look good because they would produce more orders, uh, made their life easier because they weren't, it wasn't as challenging of work, wasn't as tedious, wasn't as monotonous. And I'd get left with the stuff that just was no fun. And I made a comment about it and I was like, it looks like I got left with all of the nasty work. And one of the guys working with me, he said, well, don't run it, run all the good stuff. He's like, they did it to you. You should do it to them. And I looked at him and I said, well, I said, I understand that mentality. However, I said, I am paid to do a job and I'm paid to do it a certain way. I said, so that's what I'm going to do. It wasn't an easy decision, but it is one that as Christians that we have to be willing in the workplace to treat with respect, but also to do what we need to do, to do our jobs well, even when, even when it's not fair. But suffering for righteousness sake, you will see this over and over in Peter, happens in the job. I've had 
a boss in the past that he just seemed greedy. Everything was about money. He didn't really seem to care. He he would talk a good talk, but he didn't walk it. And so he he just didn't seem to care about us. He didn't seem to care about how things impacted us. And it showed in some of the policies. It showed in some of the stuff that he had. And it just created a work environment that was negative. Um, it was hard. It was hard to want to come to work each day. It was hard to get through work each day. It would made it miserable. And I would love to say that I handled all that with, with absolute grace and respect. I did not always. I failed in those situations and it was wrong of me. But even in those situations, we're still called to respect those who are in authority over us, even if we're suffering for righteousness sake. It says here in verse 21, it says, for to, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. So so here you have Christ who lived a perfect and sinless life. This is the example that I was talking about earlier. He lived a perfect and sinless life, no deceit, nothing, and yet and yet he suffered for you and me, leaving us an example. He is our example. And the crazy thing through all of that is that Christ actually had a right not to submit because he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but he still willfully chose to submit to the authority for the sake of you and me, because he loved you and me. We're called to respect those in authority over us. We're called to submit to those in authority over us and we're just dirty, rotten sinners. Saved by grace. Christ willfully chose this. I was talking about where do we draw the line. And you look at Christ when he stood before the Sanhedrin. Um, it says here, it says in verse 23, it says, When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But continuing, continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He did not retaliate. Romans 12, Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will pray, says the Lord. I, I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes to my workplace, Oftentimes what happens in my head, if I feel like something or someone treated me unjustly or unfairly, I immediately start thinking of what kind of comeback I would have or, or how I could, how I could stand my ground or whatever. And it all starts coming up. I want to, I want vengeance. And yet God says vengeance is his. And this is, this is important in this passage because it says here in first Peter, it says, but Christ continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. When you choose to seek vengeance for being treated unfairly, you are choosing not to trust God's justice. I mean, just let that sink in for just a moment, because this, this is a struggle for me. But Christ, when he stood, even though he was falsely accused, they lied about him. He's falsely accused. He was beaten wrongfully. No deceit in him. No sin. He kept up the law. There was nothing... I mean, when he stood before 
Pilate. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Now, he didn't care about Jesus' well-being, so don't don't get confused there. But he said, I find no fault in him. Why do they want to kill him? He's, Pilate is just confused. He can't find anything wrong. And yet, and yet Jesus still submitted humbly to the cross. We might be put in a position at some point in our lives where we have to choose between our jobs and our faith. We might have to choose between our freedom and our faith. We might have to choose between our well-being, our families, our faith. We might have to choose between our lives and our faith. There are Christians in this world right now that are choosing, having to choose between their lives and their faith. And when we suffer for righteousness sake and we suffer unjustly, we ha- we cannot take vengeance in our own hands. We have to be willing to be humble and have respect. I have no problem with using the law to my advantage. I do have a problem with pride and arrogance welling up inside of me. That is wrong. And so we have to always examine ourselves and how we're reacting to situations, how we're trying to handle situations. There's nothing wrong if your job has an avenue of appeal. There's nothing wrong with using it. Use what you have, but make sure that you're doing it with an attitude of humility and respect. It says here that he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So next time you're suffering on, for righteousness sake, you're suffering even though you're doing the right thing at work or in your community or wherever it is, whatever authority it is in your life that is making you suffer, whatever it is, keep this in mind that Jesus willfully suffered for you. And because of that, we are to be a light. And one of the ways, one of the ways that we can be a light is by showing humility and respect to those in a position of authority over us. Again, I hope you guys understand. I hope you guys have gotten through this. This is a struggle for me. This is not something that's just easy for me to do at the flip of the switch. I I struggle with this a lot of times because I tend to, um, as someone who leads others, I tend to hold leadership to a higher standard. But keep in mind that those people in leadership, they're human too. They're going to fail you. And they're going to do things the wrong way. They're selfish. They're prideful. They're arrogant. Not all of them are that way, but many of them are. But we are still called to be respectful and submit to the authority that God has placed in our lives out of love for Christ and out of love for others. So let me ask you this. How do you react when things at your job don't go the way you want them to. How do you react when somebody in a position of authority in your life treats you unfairly? Do you react in anger, bitterness, or do you react in love, respect, and submission? There's a clear command in Scripture. The question is, are we willing to follow it?